Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show... Brave Browser and Unstoppable Domains, they team up. We have listener questions and a lot of emails from London about the ASA. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, May 28th, 2021. I can see, I can see, I can see. I want to say thank you to everyone that wrote me emails saying get well soon or I hope you can see tomorrow. Or, or And somebody actually wrote a comment on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and said, you are so committed to Bitcoin that you are getting actual laser eyes. And I thought that was hilarious. Thank you for that comment. I was going to read all of the emails to you of people who wrote in to say, uh, you know, good luck and whatever. But I don't want to miss any and like offend anybody. So I replied to everybody that sent me emails. If I didn't reply to yours, I'm sorry, I must have missed it. But there was a lot. And thank you for that. That was amazing. And I just want to tell you about my procedure. And what happened was I went in there and literally 10 minutes in and out. And when I got out of the procedure, my eyes were still numb. And for 15 minutes, I thought I was like, oh, wow, this is it. This is all. It didn't even hurt. After that 15 minutes, though, it hurt. And I couldn't even open my eyes. I didn't even want to open my eyes. My eyes stayed shut. And my my eyes stayed shut for about three hours. I went home. I didn't even open my eyes, walking in the door. My my girlfriend helped me in. And I was kind of like doing the whole... You ever see Minority Report when he got his eyeballs uh, switched out? They said, if you open your eyes within 24 hours, you're going to go blind. I kind of felt like that. So I didn't open my eyes for three hours. Went to the bathroom, didn't open my eyes, walked around the house, ate pizza. We ordered pizza because I was just like, nobody's cooking anything, but I'm hungry. Let's just get some pizza. Ate pizza, didn't open my eyes, and kept them closed for about three hours. After I opened my eyes, however, it was like vision 2020. And I went through the whole day with pretty good vision. And then when I woke up this morning, my vision is probably 2020. I went to see the doctor a little bit ago. He said it was just a little bit like a little under 2020. But my eyes sight's only about 85, 90%. And once it gets to 100% in about two weeks or so, I'll probably see better than 2020. And, well, this is an amazing procedure. And it just makes me wonder, why can't everybody get this procedure? It takes 10 minutes. But here in the United States, you have to have insurance. And you could just have normal insurance, but it doesn't cover vision. So you're paying full price for glasses, which are, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And so you you have to have vision insurance. You have to have a premium. You have to have your copay. See what places take your insurance so you can have copays on the glasses. But only those frames, not those frames over there, but only certain frames and certain kinds of lenses. And then you can maybe get contacts. But contacts are kind of like a weird like thing. So you kind of have a copay, but it actually costs more. You know, and it's like... Just give people this 10-minute procedure, have them close their eyes for three hours, and they can have perfect vision. Just offer it to everybody. Once you buy the machine, it's free to use for the most part. Maybe a little electricity, but you got to pay it back. But just give people the option of paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks to get this procedure done. And if you just crank out thousands of people, (laughs) you'll pay off that machine and make a pretty damn good profit. My procedure was $5,300. Actually, $5,350 to be totally transparent. That is not accessible 
for most people. I'm super lucky that I could or I did save for that. That's something I wanted to do. So it was I made it a priority. But for some people, even making that a priority, $5,300 is a lot of money. So anyway, I just thought, hey, let's get this procedure into everybody's hands so you don't have to deal with contacts and glasses. And it's a 10 minute procedure. And what a game changer. What a game changer. Anyway, as well as getting emails from saying get well soon, I also got emails about the ASA. And if you remember the ASA yesterday, they kind of pissed me off because they were pretty offensive about the reasons they wanted to take crypto billboards out of the London underground. And Stu from London wrote in and said this, I hope you are well. I listen to your podcast every morning. And to be honest, I'm also outraged and insulted at this ASA comment. I personally, along with 90% of the London City Square Mile and Docklands Financial District, use the underground daily. To say that we, daily users of London Underground System, are not best placed to make our own minds up about decisions with crypto is insulting and simply uneducated. The ASA simply either doesn't know the users of London Underground or are playing stupid to suit their cause. If that wasn't for, thankfully, the London Underground, London Financial District would come to a complete standstill, lights out. Continue up the great work. Love your show. Best of luck with your eye surgery. Stu. Another email came in and said, Hey, bruv. (laughs) Thank you for that, Michelle. Hey, bruv. You're right. London Underground billboards on the platform, walkways, along with escalators, always featured financial advertising, be it banking, investments, pensions, or insurance. The Luno advert did strike me as a bit flimsy, however. The premise of the financial advert shouldn't target underground users is ridiculous. Love your show. Listen daily. The next email came from Rob. And Rob in London said, So the ASA bans the Luno ad? Yet it still allows Transport to London to carry billboards encouraging responsible, in air quotes, gambling. See photo attached from my local station. Double standards. Rob did send a follow-up email. And he said, However, I got home and read the article about why Luno was banned. I can understand why. I think I share your knee-jerk reaction to the story initially. But actually, if you look deeper, there's no disclaimer pointing out the risks of investment. The statement the ASA made was something out of the tune of, We understand that Bitcoin investment is complex, volatile, and it could expose investors to losses. That stood in contrast to the ad. However, this latter part of the statement about the audience is a bit of a joke, especially when you consider that the ASA continually allows all manner of gambling adverts. Apparently, the Luno adverts will feature an appropriate risk warning in future campaigns. So, all good. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Rob. This next section, I want to read one listener question, or answer one listener question, and read one listener statement. And the listener statement comes from Jennifer. And Jennifer actually wrote me and talked about her boyfriend's uh, LASIK surgery. And I just want to clarify one thing when it comes to Jennifer's boyfriend's LASIK surgery. What I got was LASIK. Jennifer, what your boyfriend got was a PRK. And so there are two different surgeries. One is the PRK, the one your boyfriend has, is they actually remove the skin over the eyeball, they make the corrections, and then they put a clear lens or bandage over the eye. And if that moves, wow, as you know, your boyfriend's eye got really hurt. And for everybody with a little background, her boyfriend got PRK surgery, the surgery I just described. And, well, his bandage over his eyeball moved or removed or slipped out of place making his eyeball his pupil very exposed to all the elements and it is not pleasant mine was different they with a laser made a flap with my own skin correct my vision and put my own skin back over my eyeball 
protecting my eyeball. Now that skin grows back very quickly, so it healed in about 30 minutes, so it was attached to my eye. It was still weak, but if I did move that or rub my eye too much or too vigorously, it could dislodge that skin and I'll be in the same situation as your boyfriend. So Jennifer, I appreciate you writing that in because it made me not touch my eyes. I am making sure that that skin heals well. And if I do have excruciating pain, I can promise you I'm calling my doctor. I appreciate that, Jennifer. But Jennifer also wrote in this, and I want to read this to everybody because it shows different people getting into the space in different levels in different ways. She writes, I'm new to crypto. I bought the dreaded Doge in February at $0.08 cents when a Super Bowl commercial rumor drew me in. As silly as Doge seems, it got me exposure to cryptocurrency and I started down the rabbit hole and Doge is way up from where I bought it at. Now, I'm hodling Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Stellar, and yes, Dog E coin. I went from being 100% invested into real estate as a flipper and a long-term real estate investor to taking out to close to $100,000 and putting it into crypto. One of these days, I might get crazy and sell all of my houses and go all in with crypto. I think there's a lot of people here that go $100,000 into crypto is pretty crazy. <laughs> but good job, because if you bought dog e coin at $0.08, cents and that means that everything else was pretty much down as well, you're probably turning that $100,000 into a couple hundred thousand dollars at least by now. Congratulations, Jennifer. And the reason why I read that to everybody is because I want everybody else to see the different people that come into the crypto space have different ideas, different approaches, different levels of income or, or knowledge, or they might have some kind of different like business or financial background and just juxtapose that in, into crypto like Jennifer did. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you, you might have a path that makes sense for you. Of course, this is not financial advice. Buy Doge. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Buy Bitcoin. And this is not financial advice. And the listener question comes from Azim. And Azim writes, I was wondering if the not your keys, not your coins is a real thing. If so, of course it is. How are these billionaires buying, huddling, and making gains? Where are they storing their coins? For what I learned, cold storage doesn't allow you to gain when the prices rise. Thanks Azim for that question. And for some reason, I feel like I answered this already, but I'm gonna answer it again. First, it doesn't matter where you hold your Bitcoin. You can hodl your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrencies anywhere and they will still gain in price if you're just hodling. You don't have to keep them on exchanges and honestly, it's not the best place to keep it. You want to keep your coins in cold storage, which means cold storage meaning they're not connected to the internet in any way. If you have one Bitcoin in your exchange or one Bitcoin in your cold storage, it will appreciate at the same rate. All you have to do is move your Bitcoin from your cold storage to your exchange. But your question is how billionaires are hodling their coins. Well, it depends. Some billionaires are very tech savvy. I bet a billionaire probably has a billion dollars in Bitcoin and might just use a Ledger Nano. It's quite possible. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but it's quite possible. There are companies out there that cater just to securing billionaires' Bitcoin holdings. And they have extensive processes and extensive cold storage and security measures to secure their billions of Bitcoin. I know that the Winklevi, I know the Winklevi, they have an extensive process where their private keys are scattered throughout different banks throughout the country and stored in their security boxes so that you'd have to actually go to every bank and you'd have to know where every bank is and have every security box and have every access to those security boxes to collect the private keys for the Bitcoin. So everybody has their own ways of doing this. And not your keys, not your coins is a real thing. And as Bitcoin Zay, Isaiah Jackson, author of Bitcoin in Black America says, no keys, no cheese. Protect your coins, cold storage, get them into a Ledger Nano, and your coins will still appreciate. And now, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. 
go. Money talk. I'm recording this at 11.40 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $36,930, down 6.6% in 24, or 0.6% in 7. Ethereum is at $2,563, down 8.4%. Tether is in the number 3 spot. Binance Coin, 338.53, down 10%, and Cardano, number 5, 155, down 9.1%. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap for the cryptocurrency space, we're at $1.6 trillion, and a BTC dominance of 42.9%. Now going into our main conversation today, we have Bradley Cam, co-founder of Unstoppable Domains, and Brian Bonley, CTO and co-founder of Brave Browser, and they're going to talk about Unstoppable Domains on Brave Browser. Brad, Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. 100%. Look, I first want to go over your both of your companies. Brad, tell me about Unstoppable Domains. So Unstoppable Domains builds domain names on blockchains, and these are very different than traditional domain names because they are NFTs. Uh, they're stored inside your crypto wallet, stored by you, controlled by you, you own them forever. Uh, very different than a traditional domain name, which is stored by GoDaddy uh, or another registrar, and they can uh, take them away from you. You have to pay a yearly fee. They can change the prices on you. They can get hacked, uh, all, that, all that bad stuff. Excellent. Brian, what is Brave Browser? Yeah, so uh, like you said, Brave is a browser. Um, we have about uh, 30 million uh, monthly active users right now. Um, we're very uh, privacy-focused browser. Um, we integrate with lots of uh, different blockchain projects and uh, IPFS and uh, things like that. Um, uh, we're, we're focused around like the attention economy, so um, providing a way to have uh, private ads and not be tracked on the internet and uh, likes like that. You said something in there, IPFS. What is IPFS? Uh, interplanetary file system. So um, it's kind of like um, when you're viewing a web page, um, usually it's, it's served from a centralized location. Uh, IPFS is a new network similar to HTTP, um, and it's basically um, uh, a distributed mesh of nodes, and, and you're getting your content from uh, your local node, um, and it talks to other nodes, and it kind of there's there's no central central uh, host for that that content. That's excellent. So so Brad, you and Brave Browser, Unstoppable Domains to be exact, and Brave Browser are partnering together. Can you tell me about this partnership, sir? So blockchain domains have a bunch of different uses. Uh, they can be used to receive money. You can send me money to Brad.crypto. They can also be used uh, to point websites. So Brian mentioned IPFS, uh, decentralized storage system. You can build websites on IPFS and you can point them to your domain names. Uh, and then what you get from that is you get a website that essentially only you can put up or take down because you control the domain. Content is tied to the domain. Content is on this distributed uh, distributed network. Uh, so all of this is great. Decentralized web is amazing. Uh, it only works inside of browsers, though, because unlike traditional domain name systems or traditional websites, which by default just work uh, inside of all browsers, uh, browsers actually need to decide uh, to support this new tech. and uh, Brave has been a, a trailblazer in all things crypto, all things decentralized tech. Uh, and of course, that's also true with, uh, with decentralized web. Uh, Brian, then that goes into the obvious question. Why did Brave decide to support this tech? Um, I mean, we've always been very crypto focused, like right from the start, we were, um, we, we, we first started with um, basically, I mean, we first started with Bitcoin and we moved to basic attention token because of network fees and things like that. Um, so like we're, we're really founded in, um, I guess, uh, decentralization and in uh, crypto, uh, cryptocurrencies and cryptography and things like that. So 
But, but I guess the question is why, and I'm going to go into like the risk risk factors here. Um, we, you know, when you have a, a decentralized web, a, a website, you can basically have anything there, put it up there. It's there. It's, it's going to be static. You can't take it down. Just like uh, Brad just said, um, does that create a risk for the, for the browser to be supporting sites that might be unsavory? Um, not really. It's, it, it's the user. Uh, we're basically all about user choice. So the user can decide which content they want to have. They can turn on different filters, things like that. Um, filter lists that, that will block out things. I mean, we, we already uh, do a lot of filtering based on filter lists as well. Um, so it's just basically an additional filter list if you want to uh, block certain types of content or whatever. This really goes into freedom of speech and freedom of speech and how people should consume or be able to host content or, you know, their blogs and making sure that, you know, it stays up so people can have a voice. Brad, why is this important to you? And how do you think that this is going to really, uh, is, you know, um, I guess, support the First Amendment? So I'd like to do like a slight little reframe here, because I think that when people think about this tech, they do think about censorship. Uh, a lot. And I think it's important, but what winds up being important or maybe even more important to the broader population is actually security and ownership. I think that's the thing that that crypto brings us. So for example, like I'm not really worried about my money uh, being censored where I am with my banks in the United States, but I am concerned about having control over it. And that's part of the reason why I have crypto and why I believe in it. And I think the same uh, winds up being true with decentralized web tech, which is uh, it's a security thing. So GoDaddy was hacked in November of 2020, and it was a social engineering hack. So what happened is, is somebody was able to call up their employees, convince them to hand over a domain name, uh, and then this led to uh, this led to a security issue and, and a bunch of people losing money. Uh, so that attack vector is gone when you remove the custodian. Uh, and I think that the same is true here uh, as it would be for cryptocurrencies itself. If you eliminate the custodian of your domain name and your web content, you put the user back in control. They now have ownership. They're now the ones who can monetize uh, rather than these other companies. So I think that's probably the, the more like big picture impact thing. Uh, yeah, there's people being censored around the world. And, and yeah, I think they're, they're going to use this tech as well. Excellent. Is there any other big pictures that we kind of maybe are glossing over? Because honestly, when the first time I hear about unstoppable domains, the first thing I think is uh, censorship, freedom of speech. Um, but, you know, security was honestly something not on the forefront of my mind. Uh, it, are we missing any other big points that we need to point out about this tech? Ownership. So like, so I think there's this really, really core thing uh, that Brave has hit on and Brave has hit on really early, which is uh, that the w- entire way that social media works right now uh, is backwards. Uh, you've got Facebook and all these companies that are selling you and making this money. And the way I, I think I'm speaking for you here, Brian, apologies, uh, that the way that uh, the way that uh, basic attention token works and the value proposition to the user is, is that you get your privacy and you get to monetize your own attention as opposed to these companies. I think that concept uh, is going to be one of the core ideas inside of this new this new Internet in general. I own Therefore, I'm the one that gets to monetize my own information across the entire. Uh, Brian, I, a question to you about about the platform and and um, you know, just like SEO support. Uh, do you guys have like SEO support like Google and, and and so on and so forth? And if so, and if so, like how do people use your browser and um, kind of like focus uh, their um, their their companies and their businesses using Brave or going through Brave? Well, um, Brave is is primarily a browser, but we were, we recently acquired a search engine as well, so we'll be launching a search engine soon. So I think the SEO will apply to the search engine, but not necessarily the browser aspect of that. 
Um, and uh, what was the second part of the question? Um, um, I, I guess it's just, you know, a monetization for other people and how that kind of could work with uh, this Unstoppable as well as domains, monetization, um, SEO, right. and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah, so um, since, since we do a lot of blocking, like we block tracking and uh, that, that therefore blocks a lot of ads uh, in turn because of it. Uh, we do allow um, users to basically earn, um, to, they, they turn on private ads uh, on their local computer. And that's like an ad catalog that gets delivered to their, their uh, browser. Um, and then they can get served ads. So they're actually opting in to do this. The reason they get they would want to opt into it is because they get paid in basic attention token. Um, so when they get paid in basic attention token, they can then redistribute those uh, based on the sites they visit um, and then pay those different sites. Um, so, so those sites have a way to uh, earn money uh, because they're, they might be losing some money from the ads that, that are getting blocked inadvertently. Uh, so uh, another thing that users can do is they can tip the different websites that they enjoy. So like, um, like a podcaster, um, like yourself, like you could, uh, a user could tip you directly um, any amount of that, that they want. Got it. Got it. Uh, last questions I have for both of you is first, I want to start with, with Brad is I want to know how to, how to use unstoppable domains and then how to use unstoppable domains with brave browser. So Brad, how would somebody get their domain on unstoppable? Yeah. So it's super easy. You can go to unstoppabledomains.com. You can search for a domain looks very similar to like a GoDaddy. You can check out with credit card or crypto, claim a domain to your wallet. You can claim a domain and store it inside of brave browser. Brave browser also has a also has a crypto wallet, which I think is a super important, a super important thing here to call out uh, in terms of just having a new way to use to use the internet. If you have money in your wallet and it's store and it's all within your browser and you're going around all these websites, then you can pay and you can transact everywhere you're going. So that's just a hidden superpower here um, uh, that the that the browsers have introduced. Excellent. And then Brian, how would you be able to use uh, Unstoppable Domains with Brave Browser? Yeah, so it's actually very easy. All you do is you open the browser and you type uh, an unstoppable domain uh, address, like for example, brad.crypto, um, and it'll um, the for very first time you load a .crypto domain, it'll ask you to to uh, agree to their privacy policy. Um, Cloudflare's actually, um, and then you can agree to it. Um, and then after that, it'll never ask you again. It'll just load the websites like normal. Um, you can go into settings, and you can also specify to resolve things not through Cloudflare but through the Ethereum um, through, through the Ethereum network instead. Um, and in that way, when you do that, it's it's uh, completely decentralized at that point. And uh, yeah, like ma mainly the re re real reason why you'd want to use a dot crypto is because if you want to load an IPFS site, like you have to type into the address bar IPFS colon slash slash, and then you have this big giant hash, uh, big big forty character long string of characters that you'd have to remember. Uh, dot crypto actually allows you to have mutable content, so you can replace it with different things, and it gives you a really easy way to load the, that distributed content. Um, and then the second reason is just when you're when you're uh, sending funds on a wallet, um, you don't want to remember someone's address. Um, you might mistype it, might make an error. Um, you can just put in uh, Brad.crypto and, and send him funds, for example, instead of remembering his address or having to look it up. He, you said a word there. I just want to make sure that everybody understood. And you said mutable content. What what does that mean? Um, so um, mutable is the opposite of immutable. In, in, immutable means that it can't change. So basically, it's. Uh, uh, what's there is what's there. It's uh, self-identifying. It doesn't change. So mutable just means that you can change what, what it points to. So in this context, in the, instead of the 40 um, like character um, hash, we can change that to Brad and then dot crypto. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So Brad dot crypto can point to one website. And then because you want that website to update over time, um, you can still type Brad dot crypto and you can get it pointing to different content basically. So that's what I mean by mutable there. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Brad Cam, co-founder of Unstoppable Domains, and Brian Bondi, CTO and co-founder of Brave Browser. Thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about this amazing partnership. No problem. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to DiemerForCongress.com, D-I-E-M-E-R, for Congress.com, and help support our campaign. Blockchain advocates in Washington is important. Also go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. It helps us stay visible. And until tomorrow, weekend update, happy hodling, everyone.